Today I'm celebrating a votive mass of St. Joseph, and I'm sure that you have that uh, very well marked in your books by now, because I do it fairly often. Um, there's something that struck me, uh, often strikes me these days when using uh, not just votive masses, but something that's very often in the texts of uh, the masses of the day, just in there along the, the regular calendar. But, um, and especially in some of the votive masses that I, that I choose, um, or prayers that I choose to add. Um, and that is, there is a strong sense in the older texts of Mass of the need for protection from the enemy. Um, it's there all the time. It's sometimes uh, quite obvious. Uh, um, sometimes it's buried a little bit. Like, for example, in, in our... Uh, Mass today for St. Joseph, you know, we recognize St. Joseph as the universal uh, patron of the church, and he's referred to as protector, and he's referred to as terror of demons, and so forth. And we invoke him uh, in this Holy Mass, especially to be our, our protector, to defend us from something. You, know, you don't need a protector unless there's something out there that wants to do uh, do wrong to you. And, uh, it, but, but it's not just in this Mass, it's in many, many other Masses in the, in the Vetus Ordo. You have this, um, you have constant reference to enemies. And this isn't just in the prayers that the Church has written, but it's also in the Psalms. Now I was remarking on this uh, um, just uh, the, other, the other night as I was uh, finishing my office, well, how many of the Psalms have to do with protection from enemies, which of course makes sense because, you know, David, uh, David, the composer of some of these songs, Psalms, uh, wrote them when he was on the run. <laughs> Basically, he was being hunted by Saul. So it's understandable that there would be this theme of, of protection. It's almost always coupled with joy, as it is today in our Mass. We are, you are a protector, and therefore we feel this you feel this this joy, um, but in the underlying the underlying the joy is a serious foundation of a serious issue, and that we do have an, an enemy to struggle with. As a matter of fact, we have the three classic enemies that we are constantly at war with: the world and all its uh, allurements and pomps and desires and praise and so forth that there might come, the flesh those internal impulses that come, especially because we have um, uh, wounds in our uh, will and we have uh, appetites and, and desires that are difficult to order because of original sin. And of course, the third one being the enemy of the soul, the devil, who is a person. This is a personal evil. It's not, a, it's not an abstract force, you know, like Star Wars or something, you know, where you got principles of light and dark, you know, as if we were Manichaeans. No, it's a personal, these are personal beings, they're, they're angels that have fallen. And um, so we're constantly at struggle against the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Holy Mother Church, the greatest expert in humanity that there's ever been, uh, understood that we need protection from this. And so we have 
the uh, sacraments and the sacramentals to help us. And we have the church's own uh, teachings and moral uh, guidance. Um, and we have every word of Scripture, uh, which is Christ being Christ is with us in every word of Scripture. And we have the texts and gestures and the holy things of sacred mass of our rites, the rites that we have. And we have to remember always that we are our rites. And if you change those rites, you change slowly but surely who we are as Catholics. Our Catholic identity is going to shift. It takes a while. Um, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, Rome wasn't torn down in a day. Our Catholic identity wasn't built in a day. Our Catholic identity wasn't torn down in a day. But um, the rites of, of Holy Mass and the other rites that we have in the Church are very powerful, and they accelerate the process. And so the longer the process goes on, like a catalytic process, the faster changes start to change until Catholic identity starts to really shift. Now, if there are whole rafts of things that are removed from the, the Catholic ear and the Catholic eye, that the Catholic mind and heart no longer have an, an opportunity to ponder day in and day out, day in and day out, year in and year out, year in and year out, well, that, that's going to change dramatically. And I think one of the two, our great detriment as a church, there has been a, a, a grave um, a reduction or diminution of uh, reflecting on the fact that we need protection from enemies, the world, the flesh, and, and the devil in particular. And we need to call upon the help of, of the, uh, our sacramental character to begin with, as baptized and confirmed as a powerful, powerful uh, forces within us, um, with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the help of our angels and so forth, and uh, the constant uh, uh, help that we have through the Eucharist and the reviving um, sacrament of, of penance um, in our vocations as married people or as, as priests, we can call upon the, that sacrament that we've received. Uh, to help us in our state in life. We have all these helps, but I think we also have to be realistic and, uh, and, and at least offer as a mind exercise that I don't think we are better off um, as, a, as a Catholic people in our Catholic identity over the last uh, decades or so by diminishing the issue of the need to deal with the enemy and replacing that with a scatological hope and an optimistic view. Now, I, I'm not saying that everything should be pessimistic. I'm not saying that an optimistic view of, of heaven and the joy of heaven and so forth, which is so much uh, emphasized, and the, uh, the, the positive dimensions and so forth of, 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 of man um, taken up in Christ, in the church. Those are all good and positive things. But when that whole other dimension is kind of, well, cut out, excised from our prayers, then we have a difficulty. And and um, so this is one of the reasons why the Beatrice Ordo is so important. And I think it's one of the reasons why 
Uh, Benedict XVI wanted it celebrated uh, much more widely um, to provide a mutual enrichment with with uh, the other uh, ways of praying. So let us um, uh, let's, let's reflect on this today. We, we do constantly have to deal with the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Holy Church gives us all sorts of different tools and helps in order to deal with those things. And some of those things are in the prayers themselves. And so this is another reason why, after Holy Mass, that maybe later in the day to go back and review the texts of the Mass that you heard in the morning or on that Sunday, then do so during the week then of the Sunday Masses. And see what there is in there from these different angles of our lives. You know, that which we need to spur us to move forward in a very positive way and in a very optimistic way. But also those things that also are cold, you know, <laughs> cold showers of reality about what our state in life is here. Um, we, are, uh, um, we are indeed surrounded by um, the enemy. And the enemy is also with them. And uh, um, thank, uh, thank heaven we are uh, members of the mystical person of Christ. And all that, and all that incredible uh, power and, and op opportunity and, and, and dynamism and so forth from the Holy Spirit that can dwell in this and mirror in the, in the state of grace is all there to help us. But we have to be realistic about these things. Dominus obiesum, Rebus. Laude Jerusalem Dominum, Coniam confortabis seres portarum tuorum, benedicti filis tuis in te.